Hello, my name is Michael Morrow from the Myeloproliferative Neoplasms Program within the Leukemia Service at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. On behalf of a number of international investigators and the sponsor, we recently were able to publish the phase one study of Aseminib, or previously known as ABL001, for chronic myeloid leukemia after other ABL kinase inhibitor failure. So the purpose and the rationale for the study was still an unmet need in pH-positive leukemia, particularly chronic phase CML and where patients can have either resistance or intolerance or both to available therapies. In addition, we continue to seek better therapies for patients with select mutations in the ABL kinase domain, including the T315I mutation, given that the family of medications currently available all target the ATP binding pocket of ABL1, and resistance is known via mutations in the ATP binding site. And while some drugs are effective against T315I, we have only one, and there's some still unmet need. So Aseminib was a new type of ABL1 chiaminase inhibitor preclinically, and that it's an allosteric inhibitor. The currently available drugs bind the ATP binding pocket in different ways, some more in an inactive or inactive conformation, some with less or more steric inhibition uh, difficulties, and with a varying degree of penetrance for different mutations. The seminib binds or occupies the myristillation pocket of the ABL kinase, which is a distinct region from the ATP binding pocket. The myristillation site of ABL is usually inhibited, and this leads to a more inactive conformation of the B-serable kinase. With B-serable fusion or translocation, we lose this auto-inhibition due to the altered B-serable kinase, and Aseminib was developed to help reconfigure and re-regulate this auto-inhibition, which, again, preferentially moves b into an inactive conformation. And this would be favorable, obviously, to down-regulate the kinase and to treat b driven leukemias. So, again, this was a phase one study, a first-in-human study in patients with chronic phase CML. The purpose of a phase one study, of course, is safety and tolerability. And overall, the conclusions which we published on were in a fairly large number of patients in this phase one study, total of 141 in chronic phase and nine with accelerated phase CML, we found the drug to be quite well tolerated and quite active. Much has been the case for other targeted drugs. No real dose limiting toxicity was observed, and the study examined a variety of different doses and schedules, once daily, twice daily dosing, and dose ranges from 10 milligrams to 200 milligrams once or twice daily. This was a heavily pre-treated population. Two-thirds or more patients had had multiple lines of therapy. There were patients in various stages of response loss or degree of response, and we saw response improvements across the board. Patients without hematologic response achieving hematologic remission, the overwhelming majority. A majority of patients who didn't have cytogenetic response moved into cytogenetic response, and near half of patients achieved molecular response amongst those who were able to be assessed including some with resistance to previous lines of therapy, including panandib. What was most remarkable, I think, was the durability of response. We had very little dropout with patients needing to exit the study for tolerability issues with aseminib or loss of response. In some of the details of the paper, we cover the fact that mutations against the myristillation site in the cases that have been examined have been fairly limited. And the overall conclusions are that this medication may offer significant benefit and shows very good safety for patients with chronic phase CML as a single agent. And from this study and from this safety data, we've been able to see further efforts continue to further explore the drug, for example, in 
patients with T315i mutation who have had or perhaps have not had panandinib, but who may benefit. And some of these data have been presented preliminarily and look promising. Further study of the drug in combination, importantly, with the available ABL kinase inhibitors has continued. When Asimitib was first conceptualized or developed, that was one of the premises that could a mere salation site inhibitor or an allosteric inhibitor be combined with ATP binding POC inhibitors, given the distinct sites that these different medications bind. And this is unprecedented in CH-positive leukemias because dual-targeted therapy against the ABL kinase wasn't feasible given the commonality of the targets of the currently available drugs. So we do have some preliminary data on the combination of aseminib with, for example, amantinib, nilantinib, and desantinib from this study, also presented preliminarily so far. And these efforts continue to further look at the efficacy and the proper dosing of aseminib in combination with available TKIs. Lastly, there is interest and concepts are being developed and move forward to move aseminib into earlier lines of therapy, potentially after limited failure of available kinase inhibitors, even potentially as an early or frontline treatment, and also as a means to improve chances of treatment-free remission or treatment cessation, perhaps by co-administration with available TKIs for patients who have failed to achieve a treatment-free remission the first time around, having gained remission from one of the conventional TKIs. So there's a lot of excitement about Asimunib as the, probably one of the biggest advances in pH-positive leukemias, particularly chronic phase CML. There was a lot of effort, and this is a very large phase one trial, and uh, we all eagerly awaited these results. So I think it's exciting to be able to see them published in the New England Journal and to allow us to continue to move forward to examine better the safety and efficacy in larger populations, select populations such as the highly resistant CML patients, and in combination with available therapy.